This is Phenomenon Baby, a podcast that wants to know more about the strange and metaphysical and the humans doing work to explore the mysteries of the unknown, keeping us curious and helping us digest the information as this world gets weirder and weirder. Welcome. This is your host, Shannon Green. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, folks. Welcome back to the podcast. I really appreciate your patience in getting this back on the air. As I'm sure you will have noticed, we have a new name. What used to be Spirit Box Podcast is now Phenomenon Baby. It is a decision that was not easy, but I knew that if I was going to change the name and rebrand that I wanted to do it sooner rather than later so that a lot of podcasts weren't out there in your ears um, under a name that I didn't want to continue with. I chose to change things up for a lot of different reasons, but really Spirit Box just didn't feel right. It was a name that I started with to kind of get me going, but really I knew that I wanted something to evoke what I'm trying to get out with this podcast a little more fully. And Spirit Box has already been used for so many things. And uh, though I love the idea of using the word Spirit Box in the name of a ghost hunting app for a podcast, Honestly, it's it's already been done, and uh, I just didn't do the full research <laughs> before I picked a name. But anyways, I really appreciate you sticking with me. Uh, I chose the name Phenomenon Baby because it, it really resonated with my desire to incorporate a whole wealth of things that can be experienced through the body and the mind and in the world and question mark maybe in the world, maybe not in the world. It just really encapsulates the idea of things that are happening outside of our physical understanding, the material understanding of our world, the phenomena, the things that are outside the rules. And those are really the things that interest me. And I don't think I'm the only one that is captivated by experiences or the concept or the thought of things that could happen outside of what we're taught, of what we are expecting to happen to us and in the world. So I'm really happy to get started under a new persona, if you will. And with that introduction taken care of, we can get started. The brand new interview that I want to bring you, this is Chelsea Chung. My conversation with her was really nourishing and just magical in so many ways, and I think you'll see why. She is just a very special person. I met Chelsea as a listener to another podcast. Shout out to Michael from Third Eye Drops. (laughs) So me and Chelsea met through the patron discord of Third Eye Drops podcast, and we just kind of hit it off, and I asked her to be on Phenomenon Baby, and here we are today. I hope that you enjoy our conversation as much as I did and stick around for some information towards the end about how you can follow us on social media and stay connected. All right, let's get into it. 
Okay. <laughs> Yay, here right. we go. <laughs> Yay, here we go. All right, Chelsea Chung. Thank you so me. thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Chelsea, you are a spiritual life and business coach. Yep. That's what your Instagram says. But you <laughs> are so much more than that. That is a whole lot. <laughs> but you're a yeah. lot more than that. I think I heard, um, I think either I saw someone on another, because I've been researching your work over the last few days. I saw someone else say that you're a shaman. Is that true? So I'm an ordained shamanic minister. What? So I can, yeah, I can definitely go in and talk more about what That's that means. so cool. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, spiritual life and business coach. That is such yeah. a thing. Well, and it's funny because my Instagram like description or title, it changes probably every week. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <yeah>. I've, <laughs> I've really gone through this process of just really defining how I want to present myself and my work to the world. And it's kind of ironic because part of my spiritual life and business coach is being um, a marketing coach and being clear and concise and consistent with the way that you show up. And I've kind of been over here just like in my formative days, like, re- well, formative years, I should say it's been right. a long time. Yeah. But yeah, but I finally, you know, what was happening was I was coming up with all of these, you know, marketing-esque ways of describing myself, right? Like the, the really speaking to my niche and really using specialized language. And what was happening was like in the real world, people would ask me what I do. And I would say, I'm a spiritual life and business coach. (laughs) Like, that's how I would, that's how I would just describe it. That's what I would say to people. And they got it, you know, they, or it like intrigued them. They're like, Oh, tell me more. You know, it was, it was something that they understood well enough, but were intrigued to know more versus right. something where they were like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, exactly. <can> you... <laughs> yeah. 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 Like ordained shamanic yeah. priestess. Yeah. It's, right. Exactly. <laughs> amazing sounding, but also like, Oh, hi, I'm an ordained shamanic priestess. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It just depends on where you are and who you're talking to. If they'll exactly. like really be like, okay, goodbye, or <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, tell me more. Um, but yeah, um, spiritual. Yeah, I mean, like honestly, that's really appealing to me. Um, just because like I feel like I've had a spiritual. Um, I don't know. Like everybody, I guess everybody's had a spiritual spiritual connection their entire lives. But mm-hmm. there's certain people who you feel like that's the forefront of who you actually are Mm. Um, and I felt like that my entire life but only recently have I really been trying to bring that forward more and really kind of owning that um so to to say that you need like someone to help you with that is a true thing because sometimes we don't know how to do that because the world demands so much else of us that's not spiritual um so absolutely I just got goosebumps (laughs) yeah and that's that's funny enough like that's um that's how my body like resonates with truth it's like oh yeah that's that is accurate I'm gonna have goosebumps now (laughs) yes I I have like this feeling along the back of my neck that happens Mm, I love that feeling yeah that is really cool yeah, it's cool when we start to tap in and really listen to our guidance and intuition and, um, you know, live fully in our bodies because our bodies have so much information for us about, 
you know, what is and isn't true for us. But uh, to go back to your, your point about, you know, bringing spirit to the forefront, I love how you put that. That was exactly the same process that I went through, you know, and it took a number, it took years, it took almost a decade <laughs> to really feel yeah. comfortable in bringing that forth. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, and I'm probably projecting my own experience onto everyone here, but once you start going down the spiritual path, it is just, it's such a rabbit hole. It becomes so consuming. It really is just awakening to the truth of who you really are. And you just reach a point where you just can't, you can't hold that back anymore. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. Um, you start out kind of saying to yourself, I'm going to, I'm going to try to look into this more. I'm going to tap into it more. And then uh, it just becomes your whole life kind of, which exactly. is exactly there's something about that. There's just something, hmm, there's something else going on there. I don't know what it is. <laughs> and I feel like so many people have resistance to saying yes and to doing that because honestly, because of the way that religion is looked at in, in society, I, I, I honestly think that religion has in some ways done people, done modern society a disservice by not really keeping up with what people need today. You know, I think, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I find that hopefully I, I don't know. I use anyways, I, I totally forgot to ask you the first question, but we'll get back to it. Yeah, Um, sure. (laughs) But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that there's, um, people are finding different ways to do, uh, to do religion and like to do spirituality. And I think right. the old kind the kinds of religion that like our parents grew up with and that we even grew up with that our parents taught us uh, are just not meeting the mark anymore as far as mm-hmm. like what they offer the doctrines. But I think, you know, there's stuff to eat on those plates as well, you know? So (laughs) yeah, you know, it's not like throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's not like it's all, you know, it's not all crap. (laughs) There, There is so much beauty and goodness in there. I think, I think part of the issue is that religion has become in a lot of ways disempowering. It has taken the spiritual process out of the individual and put it, you know, in the hands of a select few Uh, you know, if you want to be spiritual, come to this place on this day or talk to this person or say these things, you know, it's very prescriptive and kind of takes out the co-creative magic that really is what spirituality is all about. That's so true. The co-creative magic. I like that because it's true. I mean, yeah. I mean, it takes you, you are here for a reason and you have a body and you have whatever else constitutes that for a reason. Totally. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Well, were you curious as a child? Um, What kinds of things lit you up the most? Like what were what got your curiosity really like sparked when you were a kid? I am so, so grateful that curiosity has always been one of my greatest gifts. I was incredibly curious as a child. And honestly, I've never lost that, which has been just so important to my overall evolution and growth. And so when I was a kid, 
I, I honestly wanted nothing to do with like the quote unquote real world. You know, I had so many, so many of my friends who like lived on my block, you know, cause that's, that's who you're friends with when you grow up. Um, <laughs> they always wanted to play like house, you know, they had their dolls oh, yeah. and they wanted to play house. And I'm just like that, like, no, that does not sound fun to me. Like let's, <laughs> let's play outer space aliens. And, you know, I was, my favorite TV shows uh, were, um, Beetlejuice, like the cartoon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? so yeah. Cool. Uh, that was like my favorite. And then like He Man and like oh, anything He-Man that was like, yes, He Man and She Ra, you know, <laughs> anything that was more like fantasy forward, even like Power Rangers. And, you know, I know so many kids like those, like those types of shows, but, you know, anything that was. I, I was only interested in anything that had to do with, with magic, you know, and, and I wanted to be a mermaid. I mean, that was the first thing that I ever wanted to be. <laughs> I have you ever seen the movie splash with Daryl Hannah? It's like an old one, Daryl Hannah and um, yeah, Tom yeah. Hanks. Okay, yeah, well, right. anyway, yeah. yeah, it's an old, it's an older movie. He but... like falls in love with a mermaid and yep. somehow I can't remember how she like gets to come onto the land for a little bit. Yes. Okay, yeah, I remember yes, that. So that movie. So there's like this scene, or basically like if she reemerges herself in salt water, her tail grows. So there's a scene where she's in this bathtub and you know, she's adding salt to her bathtub water. So her, so her tail grows. So I used to make my mom put salt in my bath water and I would just, I would sit there and I would just visualize my tail coming into form and unfolding like you know so hard (laughs) that is so funny and yeah man like crazy if it would have worked because like I I, know I remember that scene and I remember kind of how like grotesque it was too Uh uh-huh yeah um but it like they made it look real which was oh really totally cool. <laughs> yeah her tail was like super time. gnarly like yeah. it wasn't like a nicely manicured like aerial tail it was yeah. like <laughs> so it seems yeah. so real because of that totally yeah that, I mean that's all I wanted I just wanted to be a mermaid and I used to take my dad used to have these like bright green golf pants and I would shimmy my body into one leg of his golf <laughs> pant and like tie the other leg around my waist. And then I would wear my mom's purple silk bra, which was like way too big for me. And I would like hop around the house and one, you know, one leg of the golf pants and just like pretend to be a mermaid. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Oh, was it like something about the sea or just the fact that you could be half animal and half like person and that could offer like opportunities that you didn't have as a little girl (laughs) you know I love this question I've never actually really deeply explored my fascination with mermaids but it was definitely something about the sea I think it was this idea I think okay I'm processing this right now I think what it was this is good this is good I like it (laughs) perfect I think what it was was that there was this whole other realm and world that was actually very tangible to earth, right? Like there is the ocean and we know that the ocean is right there. Like I could actually go to the ocean, right? I could see the fish. So it was, it seemed more attainable for me to live in this alternate reality that was, you know, so present for me that was just right there. So, I see. you know, one of the first things I ever 
wanted to, well, you know, as a profession, I wanted to be a marine biologist early on. And funny that enough, makes sense. yeah, <laughs> right. Cause I just loved, you know, I loved the ocean and funny enough, I, I am terrified of sharks. I have this very irrational fear of sharks. And so, you know, I've often thought that, you know, maybe in a past life or in another dimension or something, maybe I was a mermaid or maybe I was, you know, maybe I was a marine biologist or maybe I was a sea animal or something that, you know, had had a run in with, with a shark um, because I, yeah, very irrational fear of sharks. I don't even, I live in like a landlocked state. I live in Minnesota. Like (laughs) I was going to ask, well, did you grow up in Minnesota or? I did. Yeah, you did. Okay. Cause I was like, Oh, maybe she lived, she lived on the coast when she was a kid or something. But yeah, no, no, that's no very, Minnesota, you know, yeah, more like mysterious. <laughs> and, totally. And, you know, those like irrational fears of like being in like a lake, you know, like a freshwater lake and or like a pool, a swimming pool and being like, oh, my God, the shark is going to eat me. There is a shark in here and it's going to eat me. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I should explore that more deeply because I bet there's some but there's some cool, cool stuff down there if I really I dive into that hole. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I bet you could even, I bet there's like Etsy makers of real mermaid suits nowadays. Oh, you know there are. That, I bet you've looked at Oh that. yeah, <laughs> there are for <laughs> sure. And they are incredible. Yeah. There's actually people who do that for like a living. Like they, no oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, they are mermaid. Like they're, mer- they wear the mermaid costume. Or yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Yep. They basically wear costumes and like pose at like, like parties or, or or, yeah, you know, exactly. Like they, yep. I could totally do that. You could do that. (laughs) Maybe I missed my calling. I don't know. Another thing. Yeah. Uh, then we're going to see your Instagram profile change to mermaid next week. Yeah, yeah right. totally. <laughs> Probably. That's kind of how I work. It's like, whatever I'm really processing, whatever I'm journeying through, that's what is showing up in my Instagram profile. Like, it's just, it's very much a reflection of my own inner reality. Well, you know, the, as within, so without. Yeah. So yeah. That is really amazing. Um, I noticed on your, I was looking at your Instagram earlier and I was like, it says Chelsea and then it says revolution. Mm. Really cool. And that, yeah, uh, because thing, things are revolving and you as a person are a revolution. I really liked that. Totally. Thank you. I, the, the word revolution, the idea of revolution is extremely dear to me. I, uh, to go into astrology just a little bit, I have, uh, my sun, my moon, and my Mercury are all in Aquarius. So I am a very, very Aquarian being, Aquarian soul. And oh. Aquarius is definitely about like that, that revolution, that, that humanitarian, oh, yeah. that visionary who like sees, can see change for the future, can see a better, a better way, you know, for us to collectively move forward. And that is just, that is, that is me through and through. I mean, so much so that, I I even had in my corporate career, I even had a VP tell me once that I was too much of a visionary. And I was like, I'm like, oh, I was so deeply offended. I was like, you have completely just missed the mark on who I am as a person. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No, no person. You're, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, but you know, it's okay. I needed, I needed that interaction to feel how, 
meaningful being a visionary was to me. You know, I Mm. needed to have that reflection to say like, no, this is the truth of who I am. And like, don't take that away from me because that is an extremely near and dear value of mine. So. Wow. Yeah. I imagine it was probably a little bit because you're like, yeah, I am a visionary, but what does it mean to be too much of a visionary? What are yeah. you doing? Like sh- you should be capitalizing on the, on this. Like, totally. Uh, right. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> so- and I, you know, I, I get it. I worked in corporate America for 11 years and they don't really want people to, to rock the boat. You know, companies yeah. say that they're about change and innovation and growth. And yet, they really only want a select few to make those decisions and, you know, everyone else just has to comply. And if you're not on board with, you know, where the ship is going, then you're an outcast, you know, you're, you're not contributing to the, to the company vision. Even if you see something so much more beautiful and possible, I worked at, I worked at, um, I won't, I won't name it, but one of the world's largest food manufacturers for five and a half years. And there was so much that I wanted to do. There was so much of an impact I wanted to have. And and I would walk around like telling leaders like, hey, we have an opportunity here to feed the world differently, to actually change the way that we grow and harvest and and produce food and, and nourish the planet. And it was just, I basically was told by one of my mentors who was high up at that organization who said, Chelsea, you she basically said like your your dreams will be squashed here oh no (laughs) Um, yeah yeah so that's hard hard. yeah but Um, you know it's okay (laughs) it's okay yeah that's it it helps you become who you who you are supposed to be exactly kind of tells you what you need and what you don't need when you hear those things but sad that, you know, I feel I'm not alone. I wasn't alone. And there's so many people in corporate America who have those desires, who have those visions for a better future and just don't feel empowered to make those changes. Just kind of like what we were saying about religion earlier, right? Like overall society has really, really struggled with disempowerment. And I think that's, you know, one of our key challenges that we need to, we need to reclaim our power. I agree. I agree. I feel like it is happening. Like I feel a shift and I know I'm not the only one. Uh, and it, and it's, you know, it's partially this year, just forcing everyone to change, forcing the entire world to change, including companies. Absolutely. But I do feel, I do feel a, a huge shift in the way people see themselves and what they are here to do in the world. Absolutely. It's really inspiring. It is. Yeah, I think I think more and more we are each realizing the individual power that we do have and you know part of part of my mission something that I am extremely passionate is figuring out and navigating individual sovereignty within collective unity. I think we're actually moving away from this polarity of it either has to be about the individual or it has to be about the community. Like pick mm-hmm. one, you know, even yeah. the way that we name societies like well that's a that's a community-based society and that's an individualist society like I think we need to have individualists within community (laughs) those are wise words (laughs) I totally agree yeah and it's 
it's tricky. And especially with COVID, I, I think COVID has been a lesson for us to navigate in terms of honoring each person's truth and honoring the reality that each person lives in, because those realities are different. Mm. And yeah, and so to make decisions, I, yeah, I ran into this with the, um, I facilitate a women's circle called the priestess process. And within the group of priestess process, um, the priestess process, there were women who had different views and different comfort levels on, on what they wanted and how we should move forward. So as a facilitator, I had to make decisions and I, I have a co-facilitator. So that has been a uh, you know, we have each other, which is amazing to bounce these things off of each other. But, you know, we had to make decisions about what to do. You know, are we going to still meet? Are we going to postpone this? Are we going to cancel? Like, what what are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah, that's hard, especially when you have like a group of people. And I mean, it kind of calls the individuals in the group to understand that there's more things at play than just, you know, one person's perspective or yeah. even like a group of people's perspectives, mm-hmm. uh, which is very totally. useful. Yeah, but can it be is painful, a painful process for everybody involved. Absolutely. Cause you know, it really, it really forces you to look at all your stuff, you know, you, you look at your shadow and, and look at and the, the positive too. I mean, it really forces you to take a stand, I think, mm-hmm. to like really know what your values are, know what you stand for, know what your truth is, and anchor yourself in that power. And just like we've been talking, we're not, we've never been taught to do that, right? We right. have been disempowered most of our lives. Yeah. So to stand in our power can actually be uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. And we, I think sometimes, at, at least for my part, attach a certain kind of feeling to what that means for me like do I even want power what does that mean what what responsibility does do I have because of that like do I even like what will that require of me every day yes Uh, but uh, but when you when you start taking it up you realize that you get to decide those things really and that's part of the power Exactly. And I love you like totally hit the mark. I or, you know, we're very aligned in our thinking, because I believe one of the reasons that people shy away from power is that they actually are afraid of responsibility. Mm, Yeah, yep. I can say yeah, I mean, from personal experience. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to admit, but it is true. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, oh, like, what what do you, so now I have to make the decisions and I'm responsible Mm -hmm. for what happens and people are going to look to me and people, you know, if I screw up, people are going to blame me. And we, Mm -hmm. you know, we really go into fear around embodying our truth and power in a bigger way, because that that really makes us a master and a a leader of our own sovereign energy field. Right. So true. Yeah. yeah. And that can really, uh, that can be a force for helping other people's good energy fields come out too. Once you realize that you have, that you're in control of your power, then you can start to try to help other people be in control of theirs. And instead of always living in fear all the time, then it can be everyone or not everyone, but at least people who have realized this coming into understanding that you get to control how you see the world and how you participate in it. And that yeah. means how you interact with everybody and you can decide to go into things with love or fear. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to decide and what will, what will have them, what will have the best effect on your life? You know? Exactly. Is it love yes. or is it fear? 
So it, it's, and I, I love what you said about the, you know, you really create that space. Like once you claim your own power, you are, you, you stop looking for other people to give you power, you know, exactly. and, and you, and you stop, there's no more competition. There's no more like, Hey, you know, you can't have your power because it's going to make me look like I don't have mine, you know, it's, right. it's, yeah. it is just such a beautiful way to create space for other people to really claim everything that they are meant to be. And that I think is one of my most favorite parts about the awakening that I see happening is this kind of dissolution of competition, this, Hmm. this remover of barriers that it's no longer, you know, me versus you and right and wrong. And it's just like, Hey, I just want to be, I just want to like, I just want to be happy. You know, I just want to feel fulfilled. And I, this is like what I want for myself. Like, what do you want for yourself? Like you should, you should have that. You should do that. (laughs) Let's make that happen. Like, let's Let's make make that that happen happen for me and you. And why can't we do both, you know? (laughs) Right. And this is what's worked for me. And it may or may not work for you, but I can at least share what I've had to go through. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and oftentimes it's not easy work, you know, it's, it's actually really difficult. I'm super passionate about shadow work and looking at those repressed pieces of ourself that really want to come to the surface to be expressed in the wholeness of who we are. And that's not easy. It's actually can be quite painful. (laughs) So to, to be able to talk about that and share those types of stories with just total authenticity and vulnerability and, and self-compassion, I think is a really, it can be a really powerful thing to help other people realize, oh, hey, it's okay for me to do this work. It's okay for me to look at the things that I don't like about myself and to love those pieces anyway. And I I think it can just really, um, yeah, I think it just creates more wholeness within us. I agree. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yeah, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's like the spiritual life. That's the spiritual life part, right. Of my coaching. And then I uh, couple that with the business coaching, because I feel so many of us are waking up to our truth and power. We Mm. are waking up to our gifts. And just like you said, like we said, we talked about once you start getting in that zone and you start claiming that for yourself, you just, you want the same experience for other people because yes. it's, it's so beautiful. You know, it's so, it feels so good that you just want other people to know like, Hey, you don't have to stay stuck. You don't like have you to be do. in suffering. Yeah. You yeah. can do it. <laughs> you can do it. Yes. I love it. Yeah. So yeah. that brings up you, you have a new project, uh, new ish. I don't know. Is it new? The magical MBA? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I saw it's your newest baby. It is my newest baby. And she, is it a girl? (laughs) (laughs) She is. Androgynous? She's androgynous. She is a perfect integration. It is a perfect integration because that's actually what Magical MBA, that's, this baby is the creation that I, that has taken me years and years and years of work to come into integration to birth this baby because mm-hmm. I, I you know I've kind of spoken into a little bit about both sides of my life right this kind of like spiritual 
life, this spiritual path, but then also like this corporate life, this corporate career. And for basically the entire time of my spiritual journey, I was walking two different paths. You know, I was corporate marketer by day and shamanic minister by night. Mm -hmm. And, and it was really just, there's so much separation. And even when I started doing work on the side, I started, you know, I became like a certified integrative health coach and started doing the priestess process and then became a facilitator through that. I'm kind of skipping over a lot of details here, but, and the ordained shamanic minister, you know, I was walking these two paths and offering work on both sides. I was coaching people in business. I was working with entrepreneurs. I was doing marketing, consulting for them. And then I was really walking the spiritual path and started to hold space for others and lead workshops and do that work. And what was happening was on either side of, you know, this coin where I was offering my gifts the people on either side started dipping into the other side, like the, the people that I was working with on the spiritual life, they were feeling empowered and they wanted to get their business up and running and they wanted to put their gifts out there. And then the people who I was working with on the business, you know, they needed confidence. They needed to understand like their true expression so that their brand was really resonant with them and they needed help showing up more confidently and more fully in who they really were. So it was like, it was naturally coming together anyway. Yes. Even though my mind kept wanting to try to separate them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it finally, I, I quit my job in August Ooh, and yay. the, you know, yeah, left the Congrats. corporate world. Thank you. Like thank this you. It, August? This August. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And actually it, so I did, I, I put in my letter of resignation. I, I resigned and then my, my manager who was super kind, you know, and really wanted the best for me. She talked me into taking a three month leave of absence, which I'm so grateful I had that opportunity because I could keep some of my benefits during that time. And it was a little bit more of kind of that, that safety net, but it was actually last Friday. So less than a week ago was the last day that that leave of absence, um, was over. So even though I kind of left, left the corporate world in August, um, Friday was my very, very last, like anything, like any handholding, any safety net, like any, so (laughs) I'm pretty newly like completely free of, of that world. And it really, it really took me kind of taking that leap to just energetically fully come into integration and, and birth this, this creation, magical MBA, which really is the integration of magic and business and Mm. MBA stands for masters of business alchemy. And yeah. That's so cool. Okay. (laughs) You couldn't see, but I was just like, Oh my God. I'm shaking my head this entire time. <laughs> I love that master business alchemy. Alchemy. Yep. That's good. <laughs> so I'm excited to to get that out there more. I've I've kind of just really created the energetic container for that. And I've started talking about it, you know, have started kind of putting together like the vibe for it, the look and feel. And basically what I'm working on right now is taking a lot of the content that I've created over the years. Cause I, you know, I've coached so many people. I've put together so many presentations. I've delivered so many like talks on both sides of the spiritual and the life that I'm, I'm kind of working on repurposing a lot of that content and creating, you know, turning it into 
digestible courses and programs and things that I can offer within Magical MBA to have people kind of go through their own curriculum of sorts and yeah, be supported on, on both sides of magic and business. That's amazing. The, um, and okay. So I just got this vision of you. If I can just like tell you, uh, so I just, saw that this past Friday you were sitting in the bathtub and you were beginning to grow your fins you're becoming your you're a mermaid now yes yes you're totally a cosmic mermaid into the ocean you're in the ocean yes I am. Oh boy. Am I, I don't ever. watch out for sharks, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm not even, I, that's actually, I wonder, I feel like I've done so much like integration around that. I, I should like, actually like, well, I would love to go to an ocean once we can, once we can travel again. Uh, but it'd be beautiful to maybe like face that, you know, face oh, that yes. I should like go diving with the sharks or make something. Make friends with sharks. Make friends. Cause I do love them. I do think they're be- beautiful, they majestic are. creatures and misunderstood Yes, I I know so, what you mean. They are. Yeah, that's so interesting that you you had as a kid had like a a crazy fear of something, and then you've decided to respect it, and you know that it has a place in the world and that it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's that's it's actually a, be- yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. That's just a profound statement because isn't that so true for like anything, <laughs> you know, yes. like can't. And I feel like I'm doing that more and more in life. Like what scares the shit out of me? And instead of living in re- in um, fear, how can I live in deep reverence and respect? And where, what is, what's driving that fear? Because oftentimes that fear is of death. <laughs> mm, I mean, yeah. that that's, I think such a primal base fear that so many people struggle with is they're afraid of dying they're afraid of letting go they're afraid of that unknown and I have really journeyed with that in such a deep way especially in the last year I mean I feel like I went through this entire deep dive into the underworld (laughs) and it was powerful you like if you can tell me a little bit about it yeah, what, definitely. What was the catalyst or if there was one? Yeah, the um so it it was all really energetic. I mean, I could just feel it happen happening. And over the past several years, I feel like just as you as you come online, you, you know, the spiritual path more and more, I feel like you do start syncing up energetically with, you know, whatever cycles are influencing you, whether it's the seasons or the moon or, you know, the planetary alignments, whatever it is. But I was really finding myself deeply affected by the seasons. And I live in Minnesota. So we have four very distinct seasons here. And it was just over a year ago, last fall, where I knew knew that I was entering the cave of darkness. Like I just knew that I was getting ready to decompose that like winter was coming and just energetically, I could just feel death. And, and it's funny because like I even have, you know, I I have videos on, on Instagram about, you know, these different points in my process and experiencing all these things. And I could really feel I could feel that my, my reality, my life as I knew it was dramatically changing. Mm -hmm. And I really, what I had to journey with at that time was letting go was surrender. And I had to 
make peace with living in the mystery and completely being okay with my entire life being turned upside down because I knew that's what was going to happen. I, there's, there's this, there's this meme that was just like so perfect for me at the time. It's like this tarot deck and it says, oops, all towers. (laughs) 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 And like that, that was what I was working with. It was like, it was full on tower energy. And what was interesting (laughs) was, you know, even like months before COVID really hit, like, I just knew that this like massive shakeup was happening. I knew that there was like this total crumbling underway as so many spiritual people have felt, you know, in the last year and, and astrologers have been like warning about this time for years, (laughs) you know, it's like, I think a lot of people knew that 2020 was going to be a really, um, cataclysmic catalytic I don't know all the cat words like yeah (laughs) like just massive in terms of energy shift and so basically all of last winter I was diving deep into I was I was working with this energy of of death and darkness and I and I also really I really began to understand and learn the dark feminine energy. Yeah, I was talking about this a lot on you know our TED our, yes. our TED chat. But shout the, out to Michael. Yeah, shout, shout out to Michael. Thank you. And that community or that um that experience of the dark feminine is is pure chaos. I mean it's it's purely dropping into the void. And the void is really the place of pure potential, mm-hmm. but it's where everything anything and everything, all possibilities exist, but like don't exist at the same time, right? Because like nothing is into form, nothing is in structure. It's basically just like this hurricane, tornado, black hole of crazy energy. And it's extremely uncomfortable, but it's, you know, it's yes. I know exactly. I've had a child and I know that I know that exact (laughs) feeling. That is what you are doing when you're baking a a kid. (laughs) That's the, that's the feeling. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's the divine. That's really the deep divine feminine, right? I never thought of that, but man, yeah. I've, I have not, um, ha- I have not baked a child, so I don't, <laughs> I haven't had that experience, but that, thank you for sharing that. Cause that's, that's pretty affirming, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but that's really what I was, was journeying with as I was, I was deeply in surrender to this pure state of chaos. And basically what ended up happening was, um, what January, Feb, March, like COVID came onto the scene. Um, so we'll just say March. Cause that's kind of when things really hit Minnesota, went on lockdown uh, and then it was May or June, early June, uh, where, when George Floyd was murdered in my, in my home city of Minneapolis. And so oh, that was, wow, right. you know, very intense time necessary, um, intense and necessary time. And a lot yeah. of, activities happening and uh, I was active in a lot of the the marches and really you know looking at my own my own privilege and my own racism and everything that I needed to like dismantle inside so that was like another you know another piece a piece of death and rebirth for me and then in June end of June early July my partner of eight years and I split 
Okay. And then in August, I left my job, (laughs) my corporate career. So, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was just boom, 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 boom. It was, and it was finally like that tower had finally toppled over and all of the pieces were just falling down and crumbling. And yeah, so that was my journey into the, the dark. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you for recounting that. Yeah. That's a lot. It was a lot, but it was um, hugely transformational. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and here you are now doing <laughs> what, doing this podcast with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. You know, I, I really wake up and get to get to follow my joy every day, which is a pretty incredible feeling. That is really cool. It is cool. I'm going to ask you a couple of these questions that I have written. Cool. Yeah. So can business be spiritual? And Mm. as the magical MBA creator, what can magic do for business? You kind of described that a little bit already when you were talking about how that actually came about. Yeah. How can business be spiritual? Yes. So I think we are spiritual beings, right? We are spirit embodied. So there is really nothing that is not spiritual, Doing the dishes is spiritual. Watching TV is spiritual. You know, scrolling on Instagram is spiritual. It's all part of the spiritual experience. And part of that is just, you know, we can forget that we can forget that it's, that it's a spiritual experience and we can, you know, enter kind of the illusion of it not being spiritual, but at any moment, we can reconnect to that divinity. We can reconnect to, to spirit and, and just have intention and awareness about what we're doing and why we're doing it. So is business, you know, business just like anything else is spiritual, but you know, business can be, can be very, it can be very spiritual because what's happening I think now is so many people that's, it's not even really about business. It's about sharing our gifts with the world. It's about, you know, being of service and it's about opening ourselves to the abundance that is our birthright and that everyone really should have access to. And we have so many programs and limiting beliefs. And, you know, even within the spiritual community, it's so easy to think like that money is evil, that money, you know, shouldn't, it's, it's selfish to want to earn money. And so in order to be spiritual, I just have to, you know, sacrifice myself in order to be of service. And that is just like, that's so not true. And so in business, we have such an opportunity to work past so many of our limiting beliefs to reprogram our, you know, neurons and how they're firing to create our reality and, and then to also be in service and to be, you know, in reciprocity because of that for, for giving and sharing our energy. So, yeah. And so the way that spirit or that magic can really help business too is so much of what I've journeyed with, you know, in this death and surrender and this possibility is the realm of magic really is that realm of pure potential. It really is that place where all timelines, all possibility, like everything exists. And we as alchemists have the power to tap into those realms, to tap into those dimensions and timelines to really pull through 
through what else, whatever is needed for our own highest evolution and also that which is in service to the greatest good of the planet and you know humanity overall mm, that's great yeah what I hear out of that is, uh, especially in the beginning of when we you were describing how business is spiritual, I hear you basically saying that people are business. Business yeah. is people and people are already spiritual. We're already bringing that to the table. We can't, we, if, if we ignore it, it's still there and yeah. it just gets it just gets gross and clouded and, and it becomes, it, and it manifests in the, in physical ways that keep us from doing yeah. work to begin with. Totally. Um, so, I mean, the fact that it is just a fact business is spiritual because people are business and people are spiritual. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, that's what I hear, especially out, out of that. Just, just coming from a place where um, I don't know, when you when you go out into the world out of college and you have like such high expectations of like what you you know because I don't know are you a millennial are you are yeah. you okay so am I so we got told you know that we could be anything we wanted to be when we grew mm-hmm. up and I took that to heart I think a lot of people did you know totally um and for a long time after I graduated I thought that I had been lied to because mm. I couldn't be whatever I wanted to be it just wasn't happening. And I was very, I was very um, resentful over that. Mm. And I, I've had to get, get rid of, or tried to get rid of a lot of resentment over, all, over that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of hit this wall, what seems like a wall of reality when you go into like the real world, uh, where you have to start thinking in terms of, of how I'm basically, you're just going to put food on the table and it ends up being very like just dry and, and you lose track of who you, who you really were over yeah. time. Yeah. And that's why to me, like who I was as a child was really important. Like what things, that's one of the reasons why I asked that question in the beginning mm-hmm. uh, is because what, what you were curious as about as a child is still a giant part of who you are. And and I think that that is deeply connected to your spiritual self. Totally. Um, so we, even those, even those bosses who are the most, who are the most bitter and they seem to be the most jaded people. And they're like, you know, they seem to be like the most like black and white, just like you don't want, you knew the, the they were the people who you didn't want to be when you grew up. Mm-hmm. Those are spiritual people who are sick. Like totally. they're, they're sick. Uh, they're still spiritual, but yeah, they're just not, they're just not tending to their spiritual, to their spirit. Right. Um, so, so I get, I get it. I get, mm. I get the magical MBA mm. um, and it is so heartening. It, it, I'm so happy that you're doing it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's very necessary. You are very necessary and needed in the world. Oh, I needed that, that affirmation. Thank you. <laughs> of course. This is a fun question. My favorite uh, have you ever experienced something mysterious that defies real explanation? It could be a phenomenon or some kind of accurate knowledge that you had that you don't know how you had it or a strange occurrence of any kind, just something unexplained uh, where you were in a place and you thought, man, what was that? You know, <laughs> and how did I know that? Or like, why did that just pop into my brain? Or like, ooh, 
like what is that shadow over in the corner of the dark room you know that kind of yeah (laughs) yeah gosh I'm trying to I feel like synchronicity has just really become such a part of my life now that it's like I almost come to just expect miracles you know like I just I I expect those kinds of things to happen and I have been on a really long journey of trusting my intuition trusting those things that have dropped in and just speaking you know speaking into them and saying them and I'm trying to come up with a with a specific example but it happens pretty frequently in my coaching with people right like I'll just be guided to say something or to you know have them visualize something or offer a thought that's coming to to me and for whatever reason it's what they needed to hear you know it's it resonated with them on some level it maybe spoke to something that they were journeying with Uh, I would say you know probably my 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 most what's the word the what is the word the word when you have oh I guess mystical mystical experiences that I've had really have been you know, using psychedelics or using plant medicine. So I, I guess that has a, has a reason behind it. Right. Yeah. But But still, yeah. Yeah. I I actually was going to ask you about that too. It's, um, it's something that I've, I've never, I've never gotten into, but especially since listening to the podcast that we both love, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) It's something that I've, I've wanted to take a journey with, um, but I just living where I do, it's just not, it's not available. It's not legal either, (laughs) but like, um, uh, but like, how, how did you, how, like, how did that come about in your life? How did you start during journeying with like psilocybin and stuff? Mm -hmm. Well, let me, let me start by saying I think that there can be a tendency in the spiritual community. uh, There's almost this like elitism that comes from like, oh, I've journeyed with this, you know, (laughs) I've done this and I've done this and I've done, you know, I've, I, me, I have never done ayahuasca. Right. But there's almost this like badge of honor that like, oh, have, you know, had you, had you journeyed with Aya? You know, I've (laughs) noticed that from like the outside or whatever. I'm like, well, damn, like I'm pretty far behind. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, it's, and the way that, that I understand it or believe in it is that these medicines, they, they come to you when, when they're needed, you know, and that it's not just about, seeking them out for the sake of doing them to be like in with the spiritual crowd. It's really about what, you know, being guided to it and, and just accepting whenever it is meant to come into your life, if ever. And I also do believe that we can journey with these consciousnesses, with these, you know, spirits in other ways that doesn't necessarily require us to journey to the Amazon or (laughs) do do these things. So anyway, that's just my, my little preface. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But for me, I really got into this world. So this is actually kind of the story of like my awakening as well, but it was really in like 2012. Uh, At this point in my life, I was very heavily into the electronic dance music scene and was going to festivals and going to, you know, DJ shows every weekend and was really living that life. And there's a lot of toxicity in that life too. You know, there's a lot of drinking, a lot of, a lot of drugs. I mean, it's very, um, 
it's very available within that space. And so my first experiences um, were within that scene. However, at the same time in my life, I was also beginning to have that kind of spiritual awakening. So I wasn't completely lost to some of these you know, spiritual concepts, but I'll just maybe talk about my first journey. Um, it was with, with, actually, did I do, I'm trying to remember if I did LSD or psilocybin first, but this particular time was, I was at a festival and I did LSD and I also um, smoked hash oil, marijuana um, hash oil in conjunction with doing LSD. And it really put me into very intense journey, <laughs> um, which was, uh, very beautiful. I mean, it was, it changed my life. It was the most mystical experience that I had had up until that point. And I, you know, came out of that journey just being like, what the fuck was that? Like, wow. well, you know, clearly there's something else going on here. Like clearly, yeah. you know, um, in that experience, I was one with universal consciousness and I just knew that's where I was, you know, and that's wow. often how these, these medicines work is, is there's just so much truth to them where you, you know, there's no mind involved. There's no like, well, what yeah. is that? What's going on here? It's just like, oh, I know that what I'm experiencing is this. Like, I know yeah. this is where I am. I know this is what's going on. Right. The layers and, are stripped away. Yes, totally. Yeah. So, you know, that was really my first, uh, my first major journey that opened my eyes to it. And then since then I had, um, you know, done, uh, done other journeys of psilocybin and LSD again, and um, have recently really fall, um, fallen in love with journeying with marijuana. And it's often, you know, marijuana is often not really put in the in the class of psychedelics or, you know, really in this um, kind of spiritual category, which is very interesting, because it has a very, very um, spiritual ritualistic path. But I think, you know, we've kind of put it in this like recreational stoner category over right. here, um, which I was, I went there too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was also, I was also there for a number <laughs> of years. Um, but yeah, for me, I just, I know deeply that I am, um, you've probably heard me, how many times have I said the word journey in our discussion? Probably a hundred by now, but, <laughs> and that's actually it's part of- It's not overused, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, I love, I love that word. I love what it represents. I love what the experience of a journey is. And I believe, you know, that's why I take my, my title, which we didn't totally get into, but, you know, around the ordained shamanic minister, like I really take that to heart. And to me, part of the, the word shamanic, um, what that means is, is really journeying, you know, journeying to other realms, to other dimensions with, you know, with energetic uh, consciousnesses, with plants and, and seeing, you know, taking in information of what's available there, and then channeling that and bringing that back through, um, to be of service to an individual, you know, to oneself or to the collective. Mm. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I meant to go. And now we're kind of at the end of time, but uh, at the end of time, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) we'll just have to do another one. (laughs) Yeah, let's just do another one. Because I, I'm, I don't know. It just, these things are conversations, you know, totally. Um, but I do, I want to go into, into, uh, your experience as a, a shamanic priestess. I really do. Um, 
because I, and I think we touched on a lot of like the business side of things here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd be um, happy to, to share, but yeah, we can do that another time. Um, cause I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, but, uh, let me see what other questions I have real quick. Yeah. Let's just get into it for a little bit. Do you want to talk about do you want to talk yeah, about it? Sure. How you became a shamanic priestess? Because that's like what I'm most interested in at this moment. <laughs> so totally. let's talk about it. Yes, let's talk about That'll it. That'll be our last thing that we do. Yeah. And I'm like totally good on time. So okay, we're, good. we're good. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it was really around this time, you know, 20, 2012, 2013, you know, when I had started going down this journey of, of this awakening and finding, you know, finding different, um, plant medicines that were opening my eyes and, and initiating me into kind of new realms of consciousness. And, and I didn't really have anywhere to process that, you know, I didn't really have people in my life with, with whom I could deeply explore these concepts. I mean, of course I had, you know, friends that were also having similar journeys and we talked about it a little bit, but I, you know, was really deeply seeking a container in which I could explore all of that just at a much deeper level. And I I often say the priestess process found me of a friend of mine had actually come across this priestess process. She came across this woman's website and, you know, read about the priestess process and she sent it to me and said, Hey, is this something you'd be interested in doing? And I read, you know, I read about the process and I had no idea what I was reading. I didn't know what any of the words meant. (laughs) All I knew was like that I had to say yes. And so I, I said, yes, I signed up for this process. I met with this woman. I, I signed up and I think, I think I actually signed up for it like six months or something before the process actually began. But so then began the process and I, I just kind of at a high level, like to describe it as a women's psycho spiritual container. And it was, what's that? That sounds cool. I said, I'm in. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was, it's, it's all the things. I mean, it it was really, and I think part of what really drew me to it or why I resonated with it so much while I was going through it is it really is a blend of science and spirituality and uh, uh, psychology and based on, you know, there's teachings from so many, so many different viewpoints. And um, a lot of it is, I would say overall, from a psychology perspective, it's pretty like Jungian based. Yeah, Uh, we did a lot with archetypes and shadow work. And Mm. um, also, you know, looked at the hero's journey from Joseph Campbell. And so I mean, there, yeah, there are a lot of these concepts that I think are super relevant and, and, um, you know, a modern way of understanding the human psyche, coupled with very ancient ways, like very ancient techniques, right, and, and doing a lot with meditation and visualization and uh, learning about the different archetypes that showed up throughout different religions, throughout different cultures across all times, you know, really being open to all um, different energetic forms of universal, the universal one, or, you know, like looking, yeah. um, 
uh, and honoring it all, really having like reverence and, and then taking that all and applying it to the self, like taking that all to be a filter and to understand what is going on within the self and what is driving, you know, what is driving you day to day? What are your motivations and fears? What do you desire? What is your connection to spirit? You know, what is spirit? Like, how do you form your own beliefs? And then also, um, commune with spirit how you know how can you as an individual remember what it is like to come into sacred space how can you create ritual and ceremony and connect with whatever aspect of the divine that you need to connect with in that moment and pull through the energy and the medicine that you need and so it was very empowering yeah, that sounds like it. That sounds amazing. And so someone someone you know sent you sent send you the information for it and that's how you got connected with it? Yes. Yep. Okay. That's how yep. So I signed up, I did the process and it's basically the way that it's um the way it was structured when I went through it is I think it was it's either six or seven weekends I think it was like one introduction weekend and then like six weekends not all in a row they were spaced about five to six weeks apart but mm -hmm. we came together for an entire weekend um Saturday and Sunday like 10 a.m to 5 p.m and journeyed you know with a specific concept you know for that weekend and did that for you know six different six different weekends and then at the end of that point you really emerge as a priest priestess and you begin the process by initiating into the process so yeah you you um you know as a sovereign being choose if you choose to initiate in the container you initiate as a priestess and then go through the process and then emerge as as a priestess and I did one year of that and then I signed up for the second year of that, which was called the high priestess process, which got a little bit more multidimensional in nature. We got a little bit more cosmic. We kind of moved beyond more of the psycho, like the psychology based content and moved more into like the mystical cosmic content. Okay. Um, cool. Did that in the second year. And then I also apprenticed a first year circle so, you know, I, I journeyed with the priestess process for three, you know, three years, basically. Wow. And as part of that was able to, because of um, an organization that my mentor is affiliated with, was able to become ordained through that through that organization. So I, because of my work as a priestess, decided to become ordained as a shamanic minister. And then I'm, I'm also a priestess process facilitator. So I now okay. have my own process that I have um, co-created with another individual um, from my original priestess process, but <laughs> her and I have carried on that lineage um, and created uh, yeah, we, we actually, we have one weekend left to round out. And I think we had, we had like a lot of weekends. We actually kind of combined yeah. the first and second years a little bit and had like an eight week, um, eight weekend journey. So we've been, we've been, we've been going through our container for almost a year now. Um, <laughs> and are just about to wrap that up for wow. our priestesses to emerge. That is so cool. I, uh, would love to be a part of something like that, but is it like yeah. online or is it like distance or just with people in your in your region or how does that work? Yeah, you know, I, um, it's in person and I have yeah, really, okay. really struggled with, 
whether or not it can be brought online. Well, let's put right. it this way. The the way it is now cannot be brought online, right? But like, can another version of it be birthed and brought online? Like, absolutely. Right. But we go, we go so deep that, and we spend, you know, we spend all day, you know, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., even later sometimes together. And so much of the magic just happens spontaneously. You know, it just yeah. happens. Mm-hmm. Someone all of a sudden needs something. And so we immediately, you know, it's pretty cool because we'll like have a lesson that we're talking about or something or talking about a concept and then something comes up for someone and we just go right into it. And there yeah. might be a ceremony involved. There might be energy healing involved. You know, there might be uh, mirroring and aspecting or like all different techniques that we use that are so co-creative in the moment that it's hard to create an online container to do that. Yep. I would think so too. I mean, I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same thing. Yeah. Um, but it could still be that. beautiful. Of you course. Know? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that just, I mean, that kind of just goes to show that if you can find like your community in your area, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really like, even in the time of COVID when, you know, yeah seeing in mask wearing and stuff people are still finding ways to do the physical rituals and yeah um, right super important it's important to life yeah Um, so so yeah um i yeah as long as you um i don't know like yeah i i just try to remind myself to stay open to to um to the communication of people like-minded people yeah. Uh, in my area, because like oftentimes yeah. we'll, you know, especially with Instagram, you find people who are like, oh, this person, yeah, I could totally be friends with them, but they live on an opposite coast as you, you know, totally something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. But there's, there's still that there are people around you, like physically, you just, um, it's a good reason to come offline. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I, you know, I think my vision for it is to keep doing, you know, the in-person thing. I mean, probably once this circle wraps up, like, you know, we'll probably pause until we see what happens with COVID. But, you know, I I do want to keep doing them in person, but I do desire to create some sort of online experience that, you know, is, is its own thing, but at least maybe discusses some of the same topics or, um, you know, has some of the same principles to it. So, yeah. Or even creating like different, uh, pot, like pot covens, pods, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever, uh, like, like portions of people in different regions or something, yeah. uh, where you can just like, yeah, there's an online component, but you still have that, you still have that physical aspect. Mm, I of love that. Up. Yeah. Um, that the integration of both. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. could be cool. But, yeah. um, but that sounds really awesome. Thank you for telling me about that. Yeah, I'm happy to share more at any time. Yes. Well, I think we'll call it call it a conversation and wrap it up. Do you have anything else you want to say? Um, I want you to tell us about uh, how people can visit your work and contact you online. Do you have like a Do you have a website or just Instagram or 
Yeah. So I'm in the, in the process of, of launching, you know, getting my website up. I I went through, you know, I'll save this topic for another day, but I went through kind of like a name change. You know, I was using the name Starfire for a while, but reclaimed my, my birth name. So I shut down like all my websites and everything and just like brought it back. So I'm now in the process of recreating those and getting up the portal for magical MBA. So I would say like the, the best place to stay up with what I'm doing right now is to follow me at uh, the Chelsea Chung on Instagram or Magical MBA, and I will be launching um, my website thechelseachung.com, which will link out to the Magical MBA portal soon. Awesome, and that's where I follow you too. And you have a lot of good information, and you always update us on what you're doing. So and I can't wait to see what Magical MBA is going to be, and I can't wait to see your website when you get it up. Thanks, Shannon. <laughs> and thanks again for coming on the pod. I really appreciate it. And it was, it's been so magical talking to you. Super magical. I really appreciate it too. I'm happy to do it again. Yay. I can't wait. Cool. <laughs> well, I hope you have a lovely day and I think that's a wrap. Cool. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. That interview was from probably a month ago. So thank you, Chelsea, again for coming on the pod and and taking your valuable time to talk to me and everyone listening. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you would like to follow Phenomenon Baby, I am on Instagram at phenomenon.baby. That's the only place I'm at right now. We did have a website when I had Spirit Box but I'm in the process of transferring all the stuff that I wrote. I did have a blog on there for a little bit, but I'm still in transition there. And hopefully I'll be able to bring that content back to you in a different form, perhaps in the future. Anyway, this particular recording has gone so long already, and I hope you've enjoyed it. I will talk to you next time. And until then, stay weird, weirdos.